Good morning, everyone. Oh, that wheat bix was not pleasant. And I, I kind of went slow because I knew I was preaching, so I didn't want to get real like, Ugh. so I would have won, Rob, but I kind of let you because, you know, I'm gracious like that. <laughs> Hope everyone's doing well. What a morning so far. Honestly, this, the worship and Shelley, what you've been sharing, it's like you've preached my sermon for me already. So I'm just kind of going to reiterate basically what God's doing this morning and then hopefully we can um, bring it all together. There we go. I'm talking about freedom this morning. What, um, what a setup. It's like God is maybe working behind the scenes and doing something. Pretty cool. Hey, so freedom. And this is actually a really cool lead on from uh, what Kelly spoke on last week, that foundation of love and knowing our identity in God and his love for us. It's, it's an awesome. So big ups to you. Um, you didn't know what I was speaking on and I didn't know what you were speaking on. So that's cool. Hey, so I actually want to talk about freedom and surrender. And you might have noticed we sang a song this morning with that very title. Um, we actually sung it a few times now in church. And um, although the lyrics in the song, I've known the truth of those lyrics for most of my life. I've been grown up in a Christian home, gave my heart to God when I was four. And I've known the idea of freedom and surrender for my whole life, basically. But isn't it cool how... God can drop new bits of revelation into our mind and ongoing, and we see new depths and new layers of revelation as we go through life. For me, worship songs as well, it really open up my heart and my mind to what God is saying to me, um, and often to a corporate group as well. Even sometimes more in worship songs than reading scripture or hearing sermons. For me, that's how I'm kind of wired. Uh, like music and worship and the lyrics and all of that just really connect me to God really closely. That's how I'm, how I'm made. At conference, um, at national conference this year in October, we were up in Auckland and we sang this song a number of times. This is written by Equippers Worship, who are part of our movement, Libby and Wayne Huerua, who came down month or so ago. You might remember them. They um, are involved in Equippers Worship. So we sang this song a few times and the last night we sang it, I just had such an amazing encounter with Jesus through the song. It was like I bawled through the whole thing and I just felt so incredibly close to God and the words had again new meaning, new layers of meaning to me. So I kind of wanted to share a little bit about that. It almost felt like I got a new understanding of how easy it should be to surrender stuff to God and that just that feeling of relief of taking the weight off our shoulders and, and giving it over to God. It's like he takes the weight and we get the gift of feeling free. It's a pretty awesome exchange. And I think a lot of us know in our minds what, knowledge, what freedom is, we have that knowledge, what surrender is, but sometimes it actually um, might not drop down into our heart knowledge, again, a real understanding um, of what that actually means for our life. Surrendering to God can sound quite easy, but actually can be quite difficult to do. I've been thinking a lot about um, the, our busyness of life, work, family, hobbies, the mountains, the valleys, grief, um, trauma, stress, burnout, all this stuff. And sometimes we just kind of truck on in life and we kind of often don't have time to deal with some of this hard stuff that happens to us. Sometimes we can get a bit tangled up in these things of life. Sometimes they can start small and they can end up kind of snowballing and getting bigger. I had this picture of a splinter in your toe, how it 
you notice it and it's painful and a bit annoying, but you can kind of get on with life. But sometimes that can actually, if it's not attended to, it can actually develop bigger and bigger and sometimes become, if this is going to work for me, oh, it really isn't. Oh, there we go. A big clawed bear trap stuck into the flesh of our foot. Sorry for those that don't like graphic um, words. But from a splinter, it can actually grow and become something that's really, really nasty and painful. And it's almost like we are enslaved to it. Enslaved is a word I'm going to talk about a little bit about this morning. It keeps us in pain and it keeps us not moving very well. It means that we don't often have a huge amount of joy, peace or freedom in our lives in that area. They're often external things that happen to us. Um, And like I said, we can kind of hobble along with a splinter. You could actually hobble along with this bear trap. It would be extremely messy and painful. But you could kind of hobble along and kind of keep going and trying to ignore it, wincing in pain and crying along the way. But you could actually kind of move. Um, You could do that for a long time. But just because we can, it doesn't mean that we should. And Jesus wants us to be free of some of this stuff. I'm also talking about some of the internal stuff we struggle with. It might be our thoughts, our feelings, our reactions, maybe our low self-worth, our feelings of anxiety, trauma that we've had to live through. Maybe it's an addiction, an unhealthy coping mechanism. I think we've all had those at some point in our life. Unforgiveness, anger, hurt, disappointment. It's actually an expected part of just life and living as a human in a broken world because we are broken. But when I read my Bible and when I listen to good, good theological worship songs, that's the key, <laughs> to good theological worship songs, I actually hear that God has an incredible freedom for us while we live in this broken world. Not a half-pie freedom where we're stumbling along with this bear trap, but actually a true, rich, full freedom in Christ. Um, John 10.10 10 says, The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I want to tell you a quick story. Um, this was the start of 2021. Picture this, nice sunny day. I was sitting on the bed with a sleeping toddler. So I'd kind of sat there until Evie fell asleep and she was peaceful and looking gorgeous. And I was like, oh, this is such a nice day. Sunny day, been a good day, been a good week. I was feeling really relaxed on my phone listening to some music. Then suddenly, out of absolutely nowhere, my heart starts pounding. And it starts pounding and quickening. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. And then my breathing starts to increase It gets really difficult. I can't take a deep breath. And basically, if anyone has ever had this before, I was in the sense of panic from absolutely nowhere. Nowhere. And it was really scary. If anyone has ever had that situation before, especially if you're not expecting it, it's like, what is this? This is not normal. I was feeling fine. I'm not stressed. What is happening? And actually, it went on for, I managed to get through the day, was up most of the night just feeling breathless and absolutely horrible. I did go to the doctor and we talked about, you know, the breathing exercises and calming yourself down and walking around and getting your feet on the grass and, you know, grounding yourself, all that stuff. But it actually went on for about two, two and a half weeks. And it was like every single night, I woke at 2.30am, like, 
panic, heart racing, couldn't breathe. Awful. And it, when I started to get better, um, I, had, I was asking God, like, what on earth was that? And then he reminded me of about a month before that, Dre and I were up in the North Island for our wedding anniversary. We were tripping around the North Island. We stopped at one point in Gisborne, just north of Gisborne, um, and we were glamping in this sweet-ass yurt right on the beach. It was really cool, really pretty. And I remember one night I went to the bathroom, and it had this sign about tsunamis. And just note, tsunamis are like my <laughs> biggest ridiculous fear um, but like when movies have the big huge waves and the tsunamis and it's crashing down it's just like nope no I'm not watching this no it's just too terrifying so I was like oh tsunamis Ugh. Uh, and then it said if you feel an earthquake that is long and rolling um, seek high ground because there's risk of tsunami around the is bay plenty around Gisborne um, I was like oh yeah that makes sense we're by the beach cool went to bed 2.30 a.m. 2.30 a.m. I woke up and it was like rolling. I was like, what? And then it went on for ages and I realised, oh, it's an earthquake. I mean, I'm a Cantabrian, so I know when it's an earthquake. I was like, it's an earthquake. And it went on for ages, about two minutes. You might have remembered, this is 20, 2021, about March. And it went on for ages and I was like, huh, if it's long and rolling, seek high ground, tsunami. <gasps> and started to be like, oh my goodness. I heard people waking up around us in different tents. They were getting up, they were getting in their cars. And I was like, okay. Woke Dre up, looked on, as every good Cantabrian does, GeoNet. Uh, where is the earthquake? Where, what's the risk? All of that stuff. And it was like less than a K from where literally our tent was. We were right on the beach. So it's like, okay. And it had all these warnings. Get to high ground if you're in this area around Gisborne. And it's like, oh, okay. So we got in the car, got all this stuff, went up the hill. There were like dozens of cars up there. We stayed there for hours listening to the radio of all the updates. And they were saying all the danger spots and where to, when and where to start driving again. Ended up not really coming to anything. If anyone remembers, it was like, is that a tsunami? It's not really. It was sort of like big waves. I think there was a few boat sheds that got damaged. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there was a huge amount of damage or anything lost. So it was fine. We went on a holiday. We were fine. Uh, we had a great time. And then God reminded me of a few things before that. Now, these are all just little pockets of trauma, aren't they? There's little things that shake you up and scare you. About a year before, obviously, COVID pandemic happened. Again, I'm, I'm a general practice nurse, so I was. we were getting prepared, as, as the hospital was, as any kind of medical professional was. We were getting prepared for it to be really, really bad. To, for there to be, pe like overseas in Italy, etc., um, there to be people in the in the corridors dying on beds in the hallway. That was kind of what the reality was for some countries. And that's what we were being prepped for. So it was like high intensity, kind of on alert, prepping, all that, doing all this stuff. Thankfully, that actually didn't, that didn't happen in general practice um, in New Zealand. But straight after COVID lockdown, we had a horrible extended family situation happen and it was out of nowhere out of the blue really not nice really um, confusing and kind of again high alert high emotions so it was just one thing it was COVID it was the family it was um, the tsunami it was the stuff that actually I had dealt with it as best I could as best you can when this stuff happens you pray you bring it to God you talk to people but I actually didn't know that these were little traumas that had built up and that I hadn't 100% given over to God and found freedom in it. 
Lucky Takoha, who some of you will know, describes trauma as any deeply distressing or disturbing experience. It overwhelms an individual's ability to cope. If we don't have freedom and peace, we can't move forward. And this is what happened to me. Now, I'm doing okay now, don't worry. <laughs> 2021 was like, oh, okay, I really have to deal with some of this deep stuff. I actually have to give it all over to God, not just little bits as it comes up. John 8, 31 to 36. It's quite a lot of scripture, so I'm just going to read it to you. The Jews who had believed him, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and we've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I don't think the disciples really quite understood what he was saying at first. They might have even been offended because he kind of implied that they were slaves. And considering their background, that's not the case for them anymore. But what Jesus was saying that every single person is a slave to sin. We are, bro- we are born into a broken world. We are born into sinful nature. And we actually are a slave to that until we have salvation in Jesus. I didn't know sitting on the bed with a peaceful sleeping toddler that I wasn't free until it hit me like a ton of bricks. My body forced me to take notice and begin to deal with some stuff. There was some unforgiveness I felt. There was some hurt I was holding on to. And because it wasn't resolved, I just kind of kept putting it in the too hard basket. And I was getting more and more harmed by that bear trap. So let's look at freedom. I've got five questions. I like to have it kind of nice and clear. We're just going to move through these quickly about what... What is freedom? Why is it important? Freedom from what? What does it look like and how do I get it? So what is it? That first one. I said to Isaac, I'm preaching on freedom. What do you think freedom is? And he's like, um, getting set free from something that's horrible. I'm like, yeah, basically. Basically, that's my sermon. That's, I could just kind of get him to preach it. <laughs> so what is it? There is literal freedom, like not being in prison, like not being in house arrest, not being in an ongoing war. Now, side note, I think we are very, very blessed in New Zealand. Um, Anyone who's ever lived in a third world country or a corrupt nation or a very dangerous and unstable nation, my South African whanau, you guys will agree that in New Zealand we are very, very blessed and sometimes we don't even know it. There is some difficult things in society, yes, but comparatively, we are very, very fortunate and blessed here. So that's literal freedom. There is a me-centered freedom. And that's that kind of freedom of, I guess, the world, the secular world of my freedom to do what I want, when I want, how I want, nobody tells me what to do. That kind of freedom that shows like there's no restraints to what I can do. That's more of an external freedom on what we can do and what we can say. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. And then there is gospel freedom, and that's what I want to focus on today. Gospel freedom is a gift from God. It is a deep, life-changing, rich freedom available to anyone who accepts Jesus as Lord and Saviour. Acts 13.39 
says, Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you are not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Jesus changed everything when he came. They didn't have an understanding of this kind of freedom before Jesus. So why is it actually important? Why do we need freedom in our lives? We need freedom to flourish. There's a definition I found on Google, uh, which actually I really liked, and it can um, actually be applied to this situation as well. Freedom allows people to build lives of meaning and purpose and is an essential component of human flourishing. We need freedom to actually flourish and thrive. We need freedom to be fulfilled. John 10.10 again says, um, my purpose, this is Jesus, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Jesus wants us to live fulfilled, satisfying lives, and out of that, we actually have capacity to pour out on others, pour out love, pour out grace and forgiveness, and to fulfill the great commission of um, spreading Jesus' love and good news. And to grow. Freedom is so important to grow. Uh, Pastor Ray Thompson, I don't know if you uh, remember, he came to us last year. Um, He came, he's a pastor from down south, and he came with a sermon called Unpack Your Bags. A great sermon, and this is just one of his quotes. Not all weights are sin, but even good bags are still baggage when we don't need them anymore. There's some things in our lives that may not be sin, may not actually be that harmful at the start, but when we start to hold on to them, we don't let go of control, we don't give it to God, they can actually start to harm us. Hebrews 12.1 says, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. For example, being hurt when someone hurts us is actually normal and natural feeling hurt when someone hurts us. It's not a sin, but when we hold on to it and we don't give it to God and we let it fester, it can actually turn into unforgiveness, bitterness, anger. And it starts to look a bit more like that clawed bear trap. So freedom from what? What do we actually need freedom from? The first and obvious one is sin. So Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, which we talked about, his death and resurrection, set us free from the penalty and the power of sin over our lives. Romans 6 verse 14 says, For sin shall no longer be your master, because you're not under the law, but under grace. We also need freedom from lies. Lies from the enemy, lies from ourselves, lies from others. Lies about our worth and our value, maybe, and our purpose in life. God is the ultimate truth, and when he speaks to us, he speaks truth. He speaks identity into our our minds. John 8.31 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We also need freedom from enslavement. There's that word, the, the bear trap. These things that are often daily, stuff that just crops up in our normal life. There's so many things. Just the next slide there. Addiction, distractions, hurt, trauma, unforgiveness, mental unwellness, anxiety, depression, stress, burnout, worry, anger, bitterness, fear, offense, apathy, laziness. Oh, so much stuff that we can get tangled up in. Uh, 
um, Jabin Chavez. There's a quote from a guy who was a speaker at National Conference this year. He said, your past is a good teacher, but a terrible master. I remember it, but I'm not bound by it. Don't be possessed by your past. Don't let it be the emotional anchor of your life that dictates your decisions. We can't flourish or grow when we're bound by our past. When we're stuck in that trap, we're not going to flourish, we're not going to grow, we're not going to move quickly, are we? And, and I think of the Israelites when they were freed from slavery to the Egyptians, and then they were wandering around the wilderness for years and years and generations, experiencing hunger, thirst, sickness, confusion, doubt, anger. In their literal freedom, they really weren't free. A lot of them actually um, were not finding their refuge and trust in Creator God. They even got so bad that they kind of wanted to go back to Egypt, into slavery, because it was familiar. And they didn't have that trust, that deep trust in God, that actually gave them a, a real freedom. My past involves me being a bit of a natural warrior, not cool like army soldier warrior, like warrior warrior, um, not as cool. <laughs> but this is familiar to me. This is kind of a natural, it's just sort of my, part of my personality. It's like, oh, what if that happens? Oh, no, what if this happens and then it's going to ruin that? And that's kind of my natural state of being. Um, and I've, even at age 35, very regularly, I have to stop my worrying, stop my thinking down a certain track and give it to God and be like, actually, God, you're in control. I don't need to worry about this. It's not going to help. It's not going to make it better. Even this week, actually, the whole family went down with strep throat, one by one, dominoes. So it was like one kid off school, and then the next kid off school, and then the other one went back, and then the third kid went off school, and then Dre came down with it, and it was just like, okay, I'm talking about freedom this week. I'm trying to practice my sermon, and I'm worrying about the kids, and what am I going to do with school? And yeah, So even this week, I'm regularly stopping that. Nah, give it to God. Give it to God. Psalm 118. Verse 5 to 6, in my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? This is David speaking, and actually mere people could do a lot to him. He was hiding from people who wanted to murder him. So him saying, what can mere people do to me, is kind of hilarious, because he was, I would have been terrified, running for your life. But he obviously had an amazing deep trust in God. He felt freedom and he felt like God set him free from this fear because he had an amazing trust in Creator God. What does it look like? What does it look like in our lives? First one is refuge. Like I said, David found refuge and freedom and trust in God even with the external circumstances that were going on. And I heard a sermon, thanks Lydia for sending that to me, that talked about how in the Psalms, they're pretty certain it's the first time in recorded scripture that God is referred to as refuge, as the person of refuge, not, um, it talks about refuge as, you know, finding refuge in a cave or finding refuge in a tent or, you know, that sort of thing. But in Psalms, David actually understood God, the person of refuge, that actually he, he, is, he gives us freedom. When we come to him and we're like, God, you are my refuge. Refuge is, a, is as a person, not a place or a circumstance or a state of mind. Sorry, we'll just go back to that list. I'm not going to go through all of them, but this is some of the stuff that we find in freedom in Christ. Refuge. 
mercy, peace, healing, grace, forgiveness, rest, growth, identity, and life to the full. Isn't that awesome? Don't we want to live in those things rather than being trapped? And I just want to do a quick plug for healing. We have freedom prayer ministry in this church. And Lynn and Kath run this ministry amazingly with, with helpers as well. Basically, um, you could book a session. If you're struggling with something that just keeps tripping you up, something that you really need healing from, you need to see some freedom in your life, you can actually go and have a session. And we just kind of assist and aid you to identify it and bring it to Jesus. To have freedom in that area from something that has just kept tripping you up and keeps popping back up. So, shameless plug for Freedom Prayer. And I don't know if we've done this before, but I'm pretty sure you could, you could go down to the kiosk and book or get more information about it. Please do that. Galatians 5 verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. In freedom, we, God wants us to have life to the full. God wants us to stay free. We have freedom in him, but don't keep going back to the same old thing. The good thing is that God actually has a lot of grace and mercy for us when we do. John 8.36 So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Fully free. At least that's what he offers. When we surrender to him, it's like he's holding out a gift to us. But we actually need to reach out and accept it. Last question, how do I get it? This sounds so good. I want to be free. Don't you guys want to be free? How do we get it? I've just kept it really simple. And it's two things. The first is submission. This is seeing God as our Lord. It requires submission to God, to him being the Lord and the master of our lives. This is why the Bible kind of explains it as being a slave to Christ or being God's slaves. So there's 1 Peter 2 verse 16 that says, Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. And this can be quite a confusing concept for us in this culture, in this day and age. But contextually, in first century Israel, it kind of talks about like a slave to a master is giving all the power and control to the master, to the Lord. It talks about accountability to your Lord. It talks about belonging belonging to God, and it talks about being protected under God. When he's our Lord, we belong. He looks after us, he protects us, and we belong to him. Submission to God's authority is one of the ways we actually are protected against our natural tendency towards enslavement, towards getting back to that bear claw we often just go back and back because we haven't actually found the true freedom that he offers. The second thing is surrender. And this is seeing Jesus as our saviour. When we see God as our Lord and saviour, this is actually when we find true freedom. Surrender. To truly surrender to God requires to us to acknowledge our need for a saviour. Acknowledging that we don't actually have the power to live free lives all on our own and in our own strength. If we could, there'd actually be no need for Jesus and for salvation, would there? If we could do it all ourselves. <laughs> we can't. We can't do it ourselves. Part of surrendering is two things. Putting yourself in God's presence. Spending time with him, being vulnerable to him, asking him for help. Sharing your weakness, asking for forgiveness, 
just being in his presence, surrendering our time, surrendering what we think we need to be doing or how we can control the situation, surrendering it to him and being in his presence. Even Jesus went to God pleading for another way other than dying on the cross. He went into God's presence. But in the end, he said, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus himself surrendered to God's will, even in his brokenness. This is where we find freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom in his presence. We sing a song about that. And actually the songs today were just so good. So I know I'm a song person, but man, so good. Just finding freedom in his presence. And the last thing is in surrender is that it actually is the first step in true worship. As a Christian, when we find Jesus, we accept his love, we learn about his love. Our next step is surrender, and that is true worship. Worship is so much more than singing songs on a Sunday. I realize that. It is part of how we live our life, part of how we glorify God with everything we do. That is worship. But worship in music form is such an easy way that we can practice surrender. And that's why often in worship we encourage you to lift your hands. We encourage you to sing out your own words and just to bless God and thank him for who he is, to give stuff over to him. Often during instrumentals or prophetic moments, we encourage you to actually use your mouth, use your words, use your hands, use your body to worship him, to surrender to him. Because there's actually, this is something practical that we can do with our bodies and it actually starts to affect our mind and our hearts. A physical surrender, especially if it's out of your comfort zone, does something really important. It teaches our hearts and our minds that we lay things down to God and then let him step in. We actually need to do something, take a step, take an action, do something practical to put him back in control. And he always meets us in moments of surrender. Always. It's the same thing as well with um, tithing and giving our money. It's surrendering something physical, literally something that provides for our practical needs. Practical old money. And it begins to teach our hearts and our minds that when we lay things down to God, we let him take control. We put him where he needs to be in our lives. It reminds us that he's our provider, not money. It's not about the actual money. God's not a gold digger. He doesn't need it. But it's actually doing something practical. And it reminds us. Countless times when I've given money over to to the church or God's prompted me to do something like that, um, I do get provided for practically in some way or another. But actually spiritually, I grow. God teaches me new things because I'm surrendering something to him. That's why I do it every single week. That is why we worship with music and with our bodies every single week. That's why we do it. Regularly surrendering to him, putting him where he should be, practically practicing our surrender does wonders for our growth. Could I please have the worship team up? That would be awesome. I know we are a little over time. But I'd just love to give an opportunity for you to respond if you would like to. Paul says in Romans 12 verse 1, Present 
Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's talking about surrender. We can actually find freedom in surrender. And from that freedom, we can actually pour out to others who are trapped. We can pour out and show the healing that we have received from Christ. In our freedom, we can pour out to this broken world that really, really needs witnesses of Jesus' healing, redemption, and freedom. Witnesses of lives truly transformed. Hebrews 10, 23. That's the last one there. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Do you know what he's promised? He has promised freedom in our lives countless times like all those scriptures we've just seen Jesus has promised freedom and what is required by us is to surrender to him submission and surrender and man will see things change I just want to give an opportunity I think I've got one last slide just on some of the points if you would like some prayer today obviously during the week or after the service can find a trusted person and you can sit with them and you can pray and you can talk through this stuff or you can have freedom prayer session but today if you would like prayer right now for some of these things freedom from sin lies or enslavement some of those things we talked about if you really need to find some refuge mercy peace love healing any of those things or if you really need help with your submitting to God or your surrender to God. I'd love to pray with you. We've got a prayer team that can that can pray with you. And during the song, you can do freedom and surrender or you can do whatever you like. All those songs were amazing. <laughs> during this song, please come up. Please just seek help. Jesus is so ready and so willing to meet with you and to bring you true freedom. I just invite you to stand.